This program deals with devil worship and satanic beliefs. It contains explicit scenes and descriptions of violent crimes and rituals. Americans are asking who attacked our country. You have declared a subliminal jihad against the United States. Can you tell us why? Everything pertaining to what's happening has never come to the surface. The world will never know the true facts of what occurred, my motives. And night fell on a different world. And Iblis is thinking, you know, I should be getting this position, not Adam, and this guy is created from dirt. And how does the army feel about you being head of the Temple of Set? And the conspiracy theorists can say what they will. But... I want you to give me power over Adam. And I want you to give me soldiers and minions and all of these things. But because he has, he has so much to gain and has such an imperial motive. And uh, who was the grotto leader? Don't remember his name. You don't remember the name of a person who involved you in murder? It would take too long to summarize like her three and a half hour lecture, which gets into a lot of things. Honestly, a lot of things we touched on lately, like cybernetics. She's very into mm-hmm. the kind of uh, the yeah both the history and like the coming age of you know cybernetics and whatever but this is like an interesting window into kind of her whole thesis about you know her her whole thing her whole take on everything uh favelas as digital oil deposits and it's definitely a chilling vision of where we might be going so i just want to read a little bit about it and let's see she has a lot of links here she does call out a certain Glenn Greenwald, which I always got to respect yeah. um, for some of his shady associations down there in Brazil. So, okay, she is talking about these initiatives that are going on in Brazil, um, in the favelas, I think in Rio and Sao Paulo in particular. So she said that she says that Brazil's first national smart city initiative, Cidades Digitai, digitize uh began in 2012 it was replaced in 2019 by nacional de estrategia para cidades inteligentes sustentables advancing adoption of facial recognition infrastructure connected agriculture urban mobility and electronic health records the 2004 fifa world cup provided officials in rio the excuse they needed to ramp up deployment of smart technologies that was expanded with the 2016 olympic games As preparations were underway for Rio's World Cup, the Rockefeller Foundation was launching its 100 Resilient Cities program. Rockefeller officials selected UK-based global consultancy, Arup, to create a design book for cities of the future. That firm consulted on several Olympic facilities in Rio is deeply embedded in UN SDG planning efforts, as well as being collaborators with ICLEI. I don't know what that is. Um, that project resulted in a framework for cities where inclusive and integrated data would be captured to inform response for future crises. Arup established permanent offices in Rio and Sao Paulo in 2012, knowing there would be a lot of work coming through the pipeline. One of Arup's projects was a, quote, child-centered resiliency report for the favelas of Salvador, funded by the Bernard Van Leer Foundation, a philanthropy backing the creation of early childhood impact investing markets in Brazil. So it was part of one it was one part of Salvador's larger 200 plus page resiliency plan that identified the following pillars 
cultural identity, she puts in parentheses, <laughs> social engineering, healthy, healthy communities, biosurveillance, inclusive economy, digital ID and fintech, innovative governance, data-driven public-private partnerships, and urban transformation, sustainable panopticon. No, <laughs> and there's an ad for Resilient Salvador with like a woman holding a baby on the beach that was uh, sponsored by the Rockefeller Foundation. Very cool. Mm. Once you understand that engineering poor communities is central to the social impact AI machine learning enterprise, you can see why venture philanthropists are so interested in Bra Brazil's favelas. This moment has been a long time coming as NGOs with international ties, like Teresa Williamson's Catalytic Communities, have harnessed grassroots organizing and groomed community leaders for their moment to shine is quality human capital on data dashboards set up by B-Lab social entrepreneurs and the University of Pennsylvania, the alma mater of both Dr. Williamson and Judith Roden. So yeah, this woman, blah, 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 this British woman uh, wants to implement uh, in Rio a community, a community solutions database embed digital organizing, rebrand slums as culturally rich favelas, setting up future markets and creative capital, and install an asset-based community development framework. Um, wow. So capturing the arts and creative thought within the container of social impact finance is a priority for those in power. Less truly imaginative and revolutionary ideas take hold and break through the veneer of cybernetic control. Program officers have traveled the world proselytizing that the arts must be exploited to maximize their measurable economic contributions. A project financed by the British Council in 2017 laid out a framework for the creative economy in Brazil. The emphasis is always on inclusiveness, to pull those on the margins, including youth and women, into the vortex of social entrepreneurship. Know what, knowing what we know about the rise of digital economics, NFTs, and the imperative to design the metaverse, it goes without saying that the impact investors will seek to digitize all forms of creative expression to make it profitable from an impact standpoint and legible for machine learning. A 2021 paper, The Favela as a Place for Development of Smart Cities in Brazil, Local Needs, and New Business Strategies, states the following... Seen by many in a simplistic way, summed up to be geographic spaces of drug circulation dominated by trafficking, Brazilian favelas have been consolidating themselves as storehouses of innovative minds, a creative territory with multiple and complex structures. These places today can produce a positive image with potential for market exploitation. Therefore, the objective was to draw a relationship between the creative economy, branding, and favelas, considering the concept of smart cities that include products and services from the slums. She says, in the above paragraph, favela residents are seen as resources to be exploited. The challenge for policymakers devising a robust policy structure that sounds equitable, whereby these people's lives can be remade as commodities that can be integrated into digital knowledge, learning, creative, and eco-tourist economic transactions. The built environment in which they live is a maze that makes their resources difficult to access. Thus, numerous mapping and demographic projects are underway by academic institutions working to make the social relations and geography of the favelas more readily understood by outsiders. Hmm. Then she says that uh, in the country's rich tradition of marinage, or marinage, where enslaved people escaped their captors for distant outposts in jungles or swamps, the favelas had long been, as Greenwald notes, beyond the reach or interest of the state. That, however, is changing as drones, apps, geospatial mapping, and laser scanning pushed under the cover of digital equity and inclusion have begun to chart the terrain of the favelas with granular detail. Residents' existence is about to fundamentally change. They will be, quote, included. The question is included in what? <laughs> 
In the coming era of stakeholder capitalism and circular economies, a person's use of privatized welfare inputs will be evaluated against their economic productivity and good citizenship status outputs according to ever-changing rules of a game set by corporate governments, with prenatal monitoring and blockchain electronic health records and birth certificates, it is possible this would start before birth. Add to that geospatial atlases augmented with socio-historical data, such as that being collected for Imagine Rio by Houston-based and nanobiotech research hub Rice University, the possibilities for factoring intergenerational trauma into predictive <laughs> profiling for human capital bets are jaw-dropping. Rice University has numerous partnerships, including University of Sao Paulo and the Army's Institute of Military Engineering, cultivated through Brazil at Rice and the Houston Embassy. So there we go. She's about to start talking about uh, epigenetic trauma okay? okay, and how it will be monetized. Okay. Okay, so in the U.S. and in Scotland, uh, tapped to become the first ACEs-aware nation, there's been a huge push to screen for adverse childhood experiences and score the results using a tool created by Kaiser Permanente, a health system that is now a leading voice on social impact investing. You can read my 2019 post about pay for success finance and ACE scoring here. A quick search for adverse childhood experiences plus screening plus Brazil results in numerous research studies carried out in the past five years. She put some links. Trauma metrics in the scoring will be used to impose data-driven non-solutions on needy communities. Scientists have linked childhood trauma to changes in one's genetic profile. Okay. They have carried out research indicating epigenetic trauma carries across and accumulates over generations, which is significant for communities that have faced ongoing physical and economic violence. Now, hold up. We're about to get a cameo here. Mm -hmm. California's governor, Gavin Newsom, a lockdown fanatic whose campaign was funded by Silicon Valley and the San Francisco Pritzker family. J.B. Pritzker, Illinois governor, sponsored creation of James Heckman's early childhood investment equation, has been a heavy promoter of comprehensive ACE screenings of anyone on Medicaid and for children. His appointment of Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris to the position of Sur Surgeon General of California signaled this would be a high-profile issue for his administration. Will legacies of domination be mapped and factored into social impact deals that leverage their cumulative trauma for pay-for-success investor profit? Check out MIT Sensible Lab, where favelas are mapped in 4D, with devices that capture 300,000 data points a second, Rice University's historic Atlas of Social Relations in Rio, and disturbingly Google's Rio Beyond the Map in partnership with Afro Reggae. The latter is backing the UBI eSports Gaming Training Program, I keep saying it seems like the plan is to force the masses to live inside the CIA's, parentheses, or the Crown's mixed reality <laughs> video game. Okay. <laughs> so when I see gaming interests teaming up with Google to map, twin, simulate, favelas that are literally centerpieces of games like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, it feels like the future is already here. So yeah, she goes on. I mean, this is a long article, Tom but Rainbow she goes on to talk. Speech, right. Yeah, yeah um, she goes on to talk about mixed reality gaming environments and how all these different corporations and think tanks and foundations are you are using Brazil almost as a testing ground for like the the quote unquote smart cities of the future, which really means a digital like a total digital panopticon enclosure where mm -hmm. everything can be 
quantified with like data basically yeah. and, and i then, honestly like you know uh whether her interpersonal conduct relative to that like was good like her you know if everything you said i definitely do see how like the blockchain technology plays a role in that and like why like yeah, a lot of yeah. big crypto boosters like are so i'm definitely like you know uh sympathetic to her on that point uh yeah and she constantly invokes cybernetics but this is really like the kind of the rise of this is like a rise of a dark cyber sin kind of like yeah. IBM unveiled in 2011 their Rio Command Center, which is a centralized data hub built for risk analysis and coordination around natural disasters, security, traffic management, and municipal concerns. So it's like that sounds like Cybersyn, but it's being built by IBM. And I think, you know, the purpose of a machine is what it does. And I think what it's going to end up doing, I mean, it says right there, like opening up the favelas for like, exploitation of their cultural capital in like a systematized way is so like that's what diplo does already but you know mm -hmm. in a more piecemeal kind of way but now they want to build a whole system a whole diplo system out of ripping off the culture or like exploiting the culture and uh turning everything into kind of a mixed reality video game and of course this involves the metaverse eventually yeah like that's where she thinks this is all heading right right yes um we're all gonna be like slaves in the metaverse yeah yeah and um, i mean there's a lot of creepy yeah blockchain development blah 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 mit media lab pops up which of course is funded by epstein and run by john nargaponte's brother nicholas for many years you know very um they're very the, the, I think they were the ones that mapped Rio's favelas in 4D so that they could, like, gamify it or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, all these other people were also, like, really big in funding COVID-related things. And the, let me see, other foundations, uh, Green Finance, Digital Twins, and what works government. Yeah, this Rockefeller 100 Resilient Cities thing seems to be a real vanguard of it that a lot of people are following in and also measuring the trauma of children. What do we think about that? Um, yeah, I'm reading this thing now from, uh, that she linked on her blog about like investing in kids bonds. Jesus. Early childhood pay for success, social impact finance, a PKSE bond example to increase school readiness and reduce special education costs. I don't know. Um, I heard about something like this recently where you can almost like sell like shares in like your future success. I and, feel like, like that's can... what is she's describing. Yeah. Or something like that, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brazil announces newest smart city that puts people first. 2019. So, so like run me yeah. down her idea of like investing in trauma. Like, or like, how does it exactly work? I understand the idea of epigenetic trauma, which yeah, uh, yeah. I guess is like something that people think now, which seems odd to me, but okay. It doesn't seem like too intense. Like, yeah, okay. I guess whatever your survival will have like lower levels of cortisol in it or something. If you like, you know, uh, your parents went through trauma, I, I guess it makes sense. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, if they have PTSD, it could affect you while you're developing as a baby. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it says uh, I'm reading bit, like, a uh, just like, a, eh? a little <laughs> blurb here from uh, SciComm.net. Is this a peer reviewed website or is it fake news? Let me see. 
I think this is actually an academic uh, website. Yes, it's written by an academic, a serious, a serious academic. Uh, yeah, PhD um, it says that trustworthy. Um, trauma can leave know. a chemical mark on a person's genes, which can then be passed down to future generations. This mark does not cause a genetic mutation, but it does alter the mechanism by which the gene is expressed. This alteration thus is not genetic, but epigenetic. Okay, yeah. so a gene expression can be altered by trauma, that I, I I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. That one, well, the no, I wouldn't either. Uh, I'm I a little bit like, that, yeah, I don't know, but I'm a little bit like skeptical. I don't know. I don't know what the final result I, of it necessarily yeah. is. Like, I don't know what to what extent it's like super significant on how you live or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, but like, I also just like, because yeah. it mm-hmm. just because it sort of happens. No, I you mean, know, I, could, I think that I could believe in that. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a, a, as outlandish as like uh, when you say it's like you know it's the way the gene is expressed, like the explanation of it. It seems like you know I could I could buy it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So I I think, but I think what she's getting at, and yeah. I I have to read way more about to see like if there's research back. It sounds like oh, this is like the new MK Ultra thing they're into nowadays is realizing that. Like by I don't know uh, even inflicting and then managing epigenetic trauma that somehow on like a mass social scale like via the internet and like you know network technologies and things like that um, would have some kind of benefit for social engineering and control. That sounds kind of like what she's getting at. And also I don't know like like I mean it also could be some kind of bizarro tech kind of thing that is kind of a cover for like more expansive exploitation of like poor communities by mm-hmm. like putting some kind of sc- like trauma score on them. Like y- they're, I don't know, you make more money investing on them or some shit. Like there could be just some real like kind of bizarre bad shit things that aren't really scientific. Like, but the fact that they're measuring it is uh, worrisome. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? No, like, I think that she's I, definitely hit on in a bunch of like, just scrolling through wrenchinthegears.com, which is her blog, like, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, you know, things that she's, like, hit on that. But again, like, yeah, I mean, like, my general, like, I would definitely caution, like, vigilance and, like, verification of, like, these things. Like, you know, follow it up, follow the citations, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, uh, because these, you know, and I say the same thing about Catherine Austin Fitz, uh, who, um, yeah. you know, I think that, like, I think a lot of her work is like uh good too or like that she points out interesting things apparently they have beef by the way yeah they do they got they have beef and she has beef with Catherine austin fitz and greenwald oh um, as well but i think i think she's got kind of like a good case against greenwald because greenwald and his husband were linking up with one of these kind of weirdo like andrew yang style can't like third party candidates i think in sao paulo Hmm. that was promoting a lot of this like smart cities bullshit and yeah. like, even though it was like a marginal candidate, and he only got like eight percent, like Glenn right. was super all about it, and he's like, eh, of course, like, yeah. Glenn, what the and fuck then he kind of like start, like he was like kind of like a Bolsonaro supporter, like or like you know a low key, Bol- even though he kept repeating like he tried to imprison me. How can you call me a supporter of him? But like you know, yeah, he obviously was, he was doing like the Glenn Greenwald thing. Of, yeah, yeah, we uh, can see through it, Glenn. You're not <laughs> fooling anybody. Like we know, like yeah, it's that thing of like we see all the time on social media, which is basically what my experience of Glenn Greenwald that I'm drawing upon here is. But like mm-hmm. uh, you see it all the time where it's like, uh, you know, they're not openly like a Trump supporter, but they obviously are like deeply hoping for like him to succeed and like his movement to succeed. But they won't like say it out loud for some kind of like weird social reason. It was the yeah, same. like when like, you're friends with Blake Masters and then you can't. It, 
like admit that you're sad when he loses or you yeah have to like you don't care um, yeah exactly your friend right you're <laughs> objective you don't care either way yeah um yeah for sure uh, but yeah okay so i mean one thing she writes here a little interesting at the end the cloud world has no borders neither does capital flowing into disruptive technologies to facilitate markets and bring the metaverse online digital infrastructure must be carefully orchestrated Picture the transcontinental railroads construction, forcing the standardization of railroad gauges. No, ain't nothing new. So, yeah, mm-hmm. she's saying there's like a sinister Gustavus Myers like rollout right now of what she calls elsewhere the Internet of Everything, where, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to the Internet of Things, it's going to be completely integrated. And she definitely sees the entire COVID era and the rollout of vaccine passports and like lockdown restrictions in various places and vaccine mandates as all a part of kind of rolling out like pilot aspects of like this yeah. larger and system, which I think I is, think that's true. I, mean, I think that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. that's true. I like Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. So. You can't tell me that like the, a million motherfuckers didn't kind of like capitalize like kind of 9-11 style as soon as like. If you're paying attention, it's pretty obvious. And like the whole metaverse thing like rolled out like amidst all that. Great reset, build back better, all of it. It's like it it all I also appreciate her, like even though she's very anti like world economic form, I appreciate that she views them as like sort of a a distraction that like they're like, you know, being uh, they're like put out there to be like over the top and evil to like, you know, distract people. It's true. That's true. Yeah, it's almost Um, gotten played out talking to the W. I mean, it's also gotten captured by like now you're MAGA person. If like you are like you're like a Tucker person or, you know, you're conservative. Like so if you're on the left, you kind of it's kind of a little bit fucked now to talk about the World Economic Forum. Well, we've Um, talked about this before where it's like the discourses around it are, yeah, I mean, they are incredibly sus, but like the discourses around it are like incredibly simplistic where it's like they are doing everything. Like they're the NWO, like Klaus Schwab wants to be like ruler of the world and like he's implementing his plan or like uh, like some shit like that. They act like he is the ruler of the world. Like he's in charge of everybody. And it's like, no, he's a facilitator. And in fact, there's like much more. Yeah, exactly. And almost like, he's almost really like a public face, like, or mm-hmm. sort of like a, a social functions organizer for like all the people who are actually like in, involved with their own organizations that are most pernicious. Like it's like a hub. Like who knew or, the like, Rockefeller a, Foundation was staying so busy? You don't hear yeah. about them anymore. Like, like it's, it's funny because like, they're like, we discovered the do. truth, but it's like you discovered like literally the public face that like they're putting out there to like do public relations. And take a lot of the heat for it, almost, it feels like, sometimes. Yes. Like, um, like let Klaus Schwab dress in his weird outfit, his weird wizard outfit, and everyone hate him. Just, like, kind of like Soros, too. Like, let yes. Soros be the, the the big bad guy everyone can focus their rage on. But, like, neither of those guys are the final shot caller, like, you know, dictator yeah. of the globalists. And I think she's, she's pretty good overall. And, and also, I think not committing that original sin of thinking that like they're Maoists or something like that. Like she's, yeah, she's enough true, kind yes. of of the, the classic left to be like, these guys are greedy bourgeois yes. people. They're capitalists basically. And you know, um, yeah. And that's a key line to walk. Cause there's like, it's so, I think it's so easy for people to drift into that like vein of like they're Maoists and like, we need to like focus all of our energy on like, I, you know, she's also like very anti-racist, which I appreciate, you know, yeah. she's not like all about like CRT, like CRT is not like one of her big boogeymen, uh, yeah. you know, or anything like that, which I feel like is another fucking trap 
Uh, so or she's like got bullshit. some. Yeah, I mean, hey, nobody's perfect. I think nobody's she has some perfect. marks in her favor. Yeah. I think th- this paragraph is a banger that I think walks a night walks a a nice fine line with a lot we've talked about. So she said. It is a testament to the mind control exerted by Extinction Rebellion that so many blindly (laughs) follow green leaders, not realizing that green is cash in the pockets of defense contractors, tech companies, and financiers profiting from Build Back Better nanotechnology, synthetic biology, and spatial web ubiquitous computing that binds the fiction together. COVID provided us a front row seat for what tyranny by dashboard looks like. If they can convince people to live their lives in confined, isolated spaces, primarily through screens, the psychological warfare can are more readily deployed. The data analysts working for the billionaires want us to believe in a surreality conjured up on digital interfaces more than we trust our own senses, our own instincts. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's like, you know, she they want to lock us in, like, we, the we live in public rave and, you know, uh, put us in the pods and all that kind of stuff in Extinction Rebellion. Yes, like, getting Eileen Getty to pay you to throw soup at, like, a Van Gogh is... Um, I don't know what it is, but it's not praxis. (laughs) It's weird that, yeah, I was saying to you before, like, it's so weird to me that that is what Eileen Getty would fund because like the best outcome of that would be that someone like Eileen Getty would see it and be like, oh, hey, like these activists are really passionate about this. Like maybe there's something to this climate thing. I should do something about it. But Eileen Getty's already funding it. <laughs> so why doesn't she just yeah. go directly to her friends and like tell them to care about like, you know, it's, it's like, incredibly bourgeois brain because it is It's like yeah. targeting something that like only her super wealthy friends would probably give a shit about, you know, but, like, like also like she like her actually like going to talk to them personally probably would have more of an impact than like funding like their whole thing is like get people's attention, like who are powerful and who are influential. But uh-huh. so why, like, if you're already someone who's powerful and influential is paying attention, why would that be like the thing that you would give? It's like a, a vicious cycle of like, all right. Yeah. Like if everyone just like knows about it, then like, you know, but you're just giving more money into people to like raise awareness. Like, why don't you? I mean, I guess she's like, quote unquote, divesting from oil. Prove it, Eileen Getty. Prove Let's it. see it. Let's see it. Same Let's with see the, it. the Rockefeller Brothers Fund said the same shit. Like, are they really divesting from oil? Yeah. Well, let's see something. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, no, you're just going to see more sicko horror movies. And like yeah, exactly. Lavish just, weddings yeah. officiated by Nancy We're divested Pelosi. from oil and we're now fully invested in Evil Within 2, our new project. That'd be more. That'd yes. Be more I mean, like, you know, and I think that like both like she and a lot of people like in the, her general space have that same kind of um, uh, that is uh, Alison McDowell has the same kind of affect like where it's like, you know in 10 years, like biological human beings will no longer exist. And like, we'll all be cyborgs. And like, you know, it sounds like kind of wacky. And especially when it tips into the thing of like minimizing historical genocides. But even if that like sort of impressionistic or like sort of, um, I don't know, like frenetic uh, depiction of like, or, or sort of extrapolation of the trends that like, you know, she and I think a lot of people are observing like is like kind of wacky. Like I think in some ways, like it can be like a canary in the coal mine. <laughs> like, you know, there are like kind of, they can, they can, they can definitely be. And I think that that kind of leads to their, like uh, the, the way that they can like be sort of a uh, people in that sort of vein can be kind of like, in some ways, like, kind of productive or disruptive. But, I mean, she does, like, a lot of work. So, like, some there's something, like, valuable to be had, like, out there, even though, like, there might be, like, the occasional, like, fucked up thing. And she might, like, you know, she might yet, like, you know, flame out more and, like, piss off more people, at, like, in the future. So, you know, but that doesn't mean that everything she did in the past would then be invalidated. 
uh, if there's like, because I think there is some value in it. Uh, yeah. And I mean, if somebody digs up good research or they make certain connections, you know, yeah, those connections are good. That research is good. Uh, you know, sort of regardless, like if they subsequently spin it off in the wrong direction. So yeah, I give a little or, more leeway to people who are like doing the work, you know, yeah, or like, even if the work itself is like sprinkled with, which is like to be expected, especially like in, which is like kind of part of the value of that type of stuff. Like it needs to be like, otherwise it wouldn't exist. Like if it, you know, so it kind of needs to be like a bit like loose and like not like super controlled in the connections and assumptions that it makes. But like even it's sprinkled with some things like that you can individually evaluate and like rule out that doesn't like, you know, don't let a few bad apples like spoil the whole exactly. thing or even or even like don't let like uh you know overwhelmingly majority bad apples sometimes i think this is the case here but like even if it's overwhelming majority bad, doesn't mean there couldn't be like you know one good apple there or like one good tidbit like you know i think that her, i mean that's her why we read like peter schweizer's victory she's not you know a nazi I mean? yeah like so that's something yeah. which that's saying a lot these days like you know you have a lot of like supposed leftists who are straight up national socialists so like you know um no she's staying true true to like keeping the right targets in her sights, yeah. I think. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, does Dave McGowan, do I, do I ride with everything like Dave McGowan asserts like in his books? Like definitely not. There's definitely things I would kind of go, eh, I don't know about that. You know, it's like, okay. Like, yes, he was born close to like the fall solstice, you know, or something like that, or like the equinox, like he's yeah. always saying like, you know, oh, this person was born, <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, everyone is probably mad born that you close it, to some kind of astrologically yeah, relevant yeah, yeah. date if it comes like, down to it. Like, I'm not mad that you bring it up, but, one like, thing, but I'm not, I'm not close, necessarily taking that know. one to the bank with me, but, yeah, but it's, it's okay. Not, um, it's okay. The guy did still overall net, uh, that opened up. I mean, shit, even like Jan Irvin's podcast, like was the first one to introduce the idea to me that like the Grateful Dead was like an op. And yeah. like, I have very strong disagreements with that guy <laughs> on and just like, don't particularly like his vibe in general. Yes. But, you know, they did bring up that that same research that we read from, you know, about like in the cybernetics episodes about Gregory Bateson and everything. And it's like that information is, you know, solid. It's pretty solid. So, yeah, you know. It's always a tricky game, but I, I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna follow her like her blog work for a while because I think there's a lot of given everything we talked about with cybernetics, I think that yeah. she's on an interesting beat with it. And her recent and, post, uh, she was uh, like shouting out finite and infinite games, which I definitely think we should read at one point because it seems super interesting. I don't know if okay. it came up during our cybernetics episode, but it seems like a pretty I don't interesting. Think it did. I think someone in the grotto um, maybe mentioned it, but uh, yeah, it seems very interesting. Um, and also, of course, our favorite family, the Pritzkers, are involved. So we have to dive yes, in, don't we? Right. right? I mean, another low-key family that's just involved. With yes. Everything. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. I would put her like, I, I think I would put her above Catherine Austin Fitz, like in my estimation, honestly. Although I do see like certainly similarities there, too. Um, yeah, certain but, overlaps. But no, I, but yeah. I feel like I got more out of her one blog post. Like she almost feel I'd put her closer to a Corey, Corey Morningstar you know, who did like the, I think the wrong kind of green article series about mm -hmm. like Extinction Rebellion and Bill Gates and like how the, the Greta Thunberg, you know, climate movement was like basically kind of this astroturfed op like cooked up at Davos, you mm -hmm. know, um, with ulterior motives. Like, and she, you know, cited a lot of research, made a lot of connections. So um, I'd put her closer to that category i haven't seen her exactly go on any like qanon adjacent shows but 
That would be interesting because that's another thing. It's a weird phenomenon of today. Like even if you're on the left, you know, you might get invited yeah. by any number of like kind of because even the fringy right wing ones that entertain conspiracy theories have like big audiences, right? You know? Yes. It's almost set up that way. Oh, for but, sure. Like know. it's definitely that's the thing, like about oh the both like the new age space and like the conspiracy space, like I'd say, like are and we talked about this before, like they're very much prone to or you know, they they're oh, very yeah, like, grounds I, for like fascism. <laughs> I just remember cause uh, you know, like a, a Russell Brand video popped up on yeah. my YouTube, like randomly. Obviously, like it was like YouTube was shoving it down my throat. And uh, um, right, yeah. and it just so happened that he had like Eckhart Tolle, that <laughs> Susslord that we found that like was at the Omega Institute and the other place that you found. Right. The the guy like that weird kind of like SD kind of person that mm-hmm. pops up everywhere in Esalen and everywhere else. And he was on there like praising Russell Brand for being like so open minded and talking about how like the coming ascension of consciousness is gonna bother shut the fuck up. Uh, but it's like, damn, all right, he's got like a huge platform on Russell Brand to spread spread his bullshit. Um and Russell Brand's supposed to be kind of like a left, you know, populist, like third eye open kind of yeah. guy a little bit. So uh, it's rough out here. But yeah. Right. Well um, he like he kind of does that same trajectory that you see like certain people taking where like yeah, he was like a left, pop, but I feel like kind of in a almost like contrarian way, like Jimmy Dore kind of did similar mm-hmm. shit, you know, yeah. Sim- like where it's like, all right, like whatever. And like, you know, again, like I think that's the whole thing. It's like I don't like disagree with like even like the most like Q pilled, like, you know, like uh, about everything, you know. Mm-hmm. For instance, like I said, like, you know, we might believe that, like, evil exists, like, Satan exists, like, we might believe in God, that we share that principle, which, like, not everyone necessarily does, and some of these people are sus lords who, like, worship Satan, so that's fucked up, however, like, just because, like, we share that common ground doesn't mean that I'm gonna get, like, pulled into, or, like, that one should be pulled into, like, everything, even if they offer, like, a community, or, like, offer, like, positive feedback, and, you know, make you feel valued, like, you know, there's, like, fucked up potentialities there, I think. Um, yeah, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out. Yes. Okay. Should we move on to number six? Yeah. Final verdict basically just reinforce everything that we, that the person <laughs> asked in the question, uh, and like affirm everything he said. So, yeah, like pretty good sometimes. Yeah, says, it says like, lots of cringe, cringe things. Shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right.
All right, Mooncape Pool on 11.05.21 asks, what do you SJ boys think about Ben Rich, former head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, Black Project DOD contractor, saying to multiple people outside of conferences that they are 50 years ahead of anything we can conceive of, and they have figured out the error in the equations, and that all the points in space-time are connected, and that they can pretty much do anything. This was said in the 1990s. I thought it was an apocryphal story, but Russ Coltharts, in plain sight, dug deeper, and it sounds like he actually did probably make those comments multiple people. Was he lying, bluffing to our adversaries, or is reality even weirder than we think, and they reverse-engineered gin tech to a degree we can't even imagine? P.S. Thanks for gin peeling me. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Hmm. I, I tracked this down. Yeah, basically yeah. what he said is, yeah, What'd they're 50 find? years ahead of anything we can conceive of. And it's a weird statement error, anyway, because it's like, if I can't conceive of it, then like, how can we be 50 years ahead of it? Like, how can well, I conceive Well, I of, think... Uh, I, I get the idea, but Because other like, people think he was joking. Like, he... Because he also said, like, we now have the technology to take E.T. home, you know, and everyone... Like, he said that at a talk right after that movie came out, and everyone loved it, so he just started okay. saying it all the time. But I, apparently, I did track this down a little bit. Apparently, yeah, in Russ Coulthard's In Plain Sight, he does kind of substantiate that he told people certain things. The other thing that he told people is that like basically that the whatever craft he was referring to <laughs> was sort of powered by ESP. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense. People always say that about UFOs because of the way they move yeah. you like, you know, it's uh-huh. like based on your mind. Right. I've heard that many times about, about UFOs that it's ESP based. Um, yeah. He kind of said like, you know how ESP works and the other person was like, Oh, you mean that, everything in space and time is connected and he's like exactly that's <laughs> something so okay like which again i mean uh what are we to think about that that you know we literally have like psychic pilots of like et's like is that what well, project that, stargate like, is that why know. project stargate was called stargate because they were trying they were just training them to pilots read people's was minds, definitely but. an objective right like they definitely did want to have like you know and they still want to have if they don't already, which they may very well may like, you know, you can create a prosthetic arm that can, uh, you know, weren't we just like, or did someone send us something on Twitter? Were we talking about it where it was like about like, yeah, I think someone tagged us on Twitter with something about like a homuncular body and like the yeah. challenge of creating technology. So that like, you know, a human being, like a digital avatar can respond to the thoughts of a human being. Like if you have an avatar, that's a, their example was a lobster, which is like, that's incredibly sus uh, example. But then I thought like, what sixth armed being could you suggest that wouldn't be sus? Like, and I pretty much came up with, I don't, I don't think there is one, like an example of a six armed thing that you could like, cause that's so. a human mind controlling that would like, you know, a human, a uh, human being a digital avatar of a human that they would be trapped in, in the internet of everything that wouldn't be sus. Like, Probably the most unsus way to say it would be saying like uh, a sixth arm avatar, which would still probably be weird and like give me like Kali vibes. Why does it have six? Why does it have to have six arms? Because our arms, like we we have two arms, so like a digital yeah. avatar, it's a it's you know an easy problem for us to mentally control a digital avatar that has two arms because we just send the same signals of like move my arm. But if with six arms, those are limbs that we don't have, and like so it's you have to use sort of like different brain pathways or like it's a different issue. Right. Like of how to control the six, like, you know, like how would you send a message to your third arm to move? You never done that because you don't have one. So like, but if your digital avatar had one, then 
maybe you know right so how would like, you do uh, yeah, exactly. if you didn't have a one to one yeah what? what the fuck who's working on this um it, like, <laughs> who wants to make us digital like, lobsters uh, and <laughs> i bet if i search like homuncular lobster it'll come up yeah That's it's i literally found i searched homuncular lobster avatar and it came up immediately it's an article called homuncular flexibility the human ability to inhabit non-human avatars by andrea stevenson juan jeremy n balanson and jaron lanier um someone tweeted at this at us i don't know who it was but thank you to whomever that was i wish i remembered your name but whoever you are out there if you're listening thank you this essay seeks to explicate an unorthodox idea that spans psychology neuroscience psychology philosophy and computer science called homuncular flexibility the AHF posits that the homunculus, the part of the cortex that maps movement and sensing of body parts, is capable of adapting to novel bodies, in particular bodies that have extra appendages or appendages capable of atypical movements. So, yeah, and then they brought up the example of the, the lobster. Huh. So, but anyway, that's... like they're... Hmm, yeah, I'm looking at some of the, the... So I think, yeah, the reason why I bring this up relative to this is that, like, I feel like that applies to the whole phenomenon of, like, controlling a plane with your mind, right? Um, controlling aircraft yeah. with your mind. Uh, oh, like this that. is written by Jaron Lanier. Yeah. That guy. He hung out with Epstein. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, I didn't even know that. No, and he's one of the guys that came out, and a few years ago, he kind of, like, blew the whistle Oh, wow, he has, like, a whole bit. Wikipedia article and everything. Yeah, um, he consults regularly for government agencies, including the U.S. Army and Air Force, Department of Defense, Department of Energy, National Research Council, and the National Institute of Health on policy issues surrounding virtual reality. Yeah, there's a lot of YouTube videos of him. Wow, um, this guy's a giant sussalard. He's a huge... He's like... He's kind of like Blake... Uh, what's his name? Masters? You know, from, no, Blake uh, <laughs> Lemoyne. Oh, right? yeah, he is a lot like Blake yeah. Lemoyne. You're right. Yeah, he reminds me of him. Uh, like both like in physical appearance and like mm-hmm. also like personality. Um, but I think it came out recently. He he might have been at the Edge conferences back. He has know, like white person like, dreadlocks. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But I mean, okay. Because also going back to UFOs. Okay. I, I feel like that's a common trope I've heard in like I don't know coast to coast territory of anybody that claims to have been like abducted and gone on an alien spaceship or even maybe Bob Lazar. I forget if he specifically claimed this, that, oh, the ETs that flew these flying saucers, they, there weren't any control panels on the inside of the aircraft. They, they, they had some kind of telepathic link with the aircraft that allowed them to pilot it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, that's a super common, I don't know if Whitley Strieber said that, but a lot of people have said that. So this guy seems to be saying, um, Ben Rich, that humans could do it as well. But actually, I mean, I don't know if he specified that we've been able to use it, just that, like, we have it. He also, he made some other weird comments about, like, yeah, we we have the technology now to go to the stars, but, like, we're not going to do anything with it. It's just, like, sitting in a garage somewhere because the government, for whatever reason like doesn't want to pursue it or something like that. It was always very vague. So some people say, oh, he was just always like joking with people. But he was the head of Lockheed Skunk Works for a long time, right? Yeah. I, I don't know like a ton about him. But yeah, so I mean, I don't, he could, could he be just like yanking everybody's chain, being a sus lord who works for Skunk Works? Could he be slipping us some truth? I don't know. Yeah. 
it's not a ton to go on. Did he so say feel, anything like specifically about like you know the origins of this technology? I think he implied that it was somebody else flew it here, so yeah. it's aliens of some kind. Yeah, I'm and looking at Gaia. Gaia speech at UCLA. We already have the means to travel among the stars. These technologies are locked up in black products. It would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. At the end of the speech, Rich said, we now have technology to take E.T. home. And it's like, oh, that's a joke. That's not a really funny joke. I feel like, you know, not funny enough that, like, it would be, like, there'd be nothing true to it. Yeah, some people said, That oh, whole yeah, exchange like, about, like, all space and time are connected is interesting. Yeah, he said that many, he said there, there are two types of UFOs, according to Lockheed engineer John Andrews, who is his friend. I guess he, they wrote letters back and forth about UFOs. And he says that Rich responded, he believed, quote, there are two types of UFOs, the ones we build and the ones they build. I am a believer in both categories. I feel anything is possible. I feel everything is possible. Many of our man-made UFOs are unfunded opportunities. He underlined the UFO and unfunded opportunities, but gave no explanation. Okay. Rich continued, stating that most, quote, biomorphic aerospace designs were inspired by Roswell spacecraft. Rich wrote that he believed the American public, quote, could not handle the truth about UFOs and ETs. However, he changed his mind toward the end of his life and felt that keeping the secret could be more of a danger to citizens' personal freedom under the U.S. Constitution than the presence of off-world visitors themselves. Yeah, mm. he's, he said at the alumni speech at UCLA in 93, we already have the means to travel among the stars, but these technologies are locked up in black projects, and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, this is, yeah, same sort of thing. He said, like, a very similar statement. According to James Goodall, an aerospace journalist and in-demand public speaker who was friends with him, he said over the phone while Rich was in the USC Medical Center in L.A., he'd said it to him mm -hmm. over the phone, Jim, we have things out in the desert that are 50 years beyond what you can comprehend. If you have seen it on Star Wars or Star Trek, we've been there, done that or decided it wasn't worth the effort. They have about 4,500 people at Lockheed Skunk Works. What have they been doing for the last 18 or 20 years? They're building something. <laughs> All right. No. Um, um, this, guy, this guy invented that's like, pretty the crazy, stealth fighter, by the way. I've seen some things on Star Wars and Star Trek. That's quite a statement. Like, they teleport? Yeah. What is the holodeck if not like the metaverse? The holodeck perfected? really is the metaverse. Yes, it like, truly yeah, is. The perfect metaverse. And yeah, yeah you can and just, just like kill people in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and the safety yeah, protocols course. are always breaking. Um, and of course, like, yeah, this guy also, like, he invented stealth technology or was like the main driving force behind it. I think it was the F 117 yeah. stealth fighter. So like, this guy's a pretty heavy hitter. aircraft ever created. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which probably was mistaken from time oh, to time. Oh, for sure, it was like a UFO. Um, um, I mean, so it was, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy who's deep uh, in the game. Is he talking shit though? I don't know. I don't know. I think well, it does still feel like it's heating up. All this UFO weird discourse. More and more people are coming out and low key. You know, the Chris Mellons, the Leslie Keens, the Lou Elizondos really seem to be like inching towards like talking yeah. about the alien aspect of it finally which mm. i'm very suspicious of yes just inherently 
all these people. Um, and Leslie Keene's cousin, who's now a congressman, he'll probably be right. Yeah, maybe he'll looking be into we'll it. Reopen the ATIP. I uh, will. Yeah, but again, nothing's materializing. Do you remember the Sam Harris thing? I just think about that. I mean, of course, he's a clown. Like mm-hmm. so, whatever. Like he says all sorts of like humiliating things, but he like really like made a very strong statement that was like those of us who are atheists uh, who grew up in the Reddit environment are going to have to make serious, uh, make a serious apology to the UFO community, like for our mockery of them or like whatever. And what? yeah, you don't you remember this? I mean, it he doesn't was surprise like, me at all. But. My sources, my, my sources have told me that there is like really, it's so fishy. It's like, uh, and the Sam more Harris, they neuroscientist and author, is stated on three podcasts: Lex Friedman and Ricky Gervais, and his own. At the USG, asked <laughs> for his Friedman. help. Okay. The USG asked for his help breaking UFO UIP disclosure to the general public. These are the quotes from the podcast. I've received some private outreach, and perhaps you have. I know other people on our orbit have. People who are claiming the government has known much more about UFOs than they have let on until now. This conversation is actually about to become more prominent, and whoever is left standing when the music stops is not going to be a comfortable position to be in as a super rigorous scientific skeptic who's been saying there's no there there for the last 75 years. It sounds like the Office of Naval Intelligence and the Pentagon are very likely to say to Congress at some point in the not-too-distant future that we have evidence there's technology flying around here that seems like it can't possibly be of human origin, all right? I don't know what I'm going to do with that kind of disclosure. That is such a powerful circumstance to be in, right? What are we going to do with that? If, in fact, that's what happens. In fact, the considered opinions, despite the embarrassment it causes them, of the U.S. government and all the relevant intelligence services that this isn't a hoax. There's too much data to suggest it's a hoax. There's too much radar imagery. There's too much satellite data. Whatever data they have, there's too much of it. All we can say now is something is going on and there is no way it's the Chinese or the Russians or anyone else's technology. That should arrest our attention collectively to a degree that nothing in our lifetime has. And one worries, well, we're so jaded and confused and distracted that it'll get much less coverage than, you know, Obama's tan suit did a bunch of years ago. They love that. Uh, Who knows how we'll respond to it? Yeah. And then he said, like, similar things. He said, it's probably premature to even talk about this, but I've had someone reach out to me and has assured me that I'm going to be on a Zoom call with, you know, former heads of the CIA and Office of Naval Research and people whose bona fides are easily. This is reminding me of Stephen King going on with Zelensky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and getting tricked into saying like Stephen Stephen Bondar is a great man, <laughs> but um yeah like I'm gonna go on with I'm gonna go on with the big guys and they're gonna pay attention to me. This is very Tom DeLonge um, too. Yeah, just getting gassed up. So yeah, but like it's amazing that people like said this shit like any day now, and that was like back literally this this tweet that I'm reading this from is June 18th, 2021. Huh. Okay, so it's been almost a year and a half. Yeah. Since that. There's been this this hype machine building up, and it's like you can see all the people like MIB, Lex Friedman, Joe Rogan, all these guys are, you know, I, and, and Weinstein too. Eric Weinstein, I think, recently has been like talking very loudly of he about like, has. look, well, like we, like, yeah. The, well, this is the, part of the same a, psyop ecosystem that I was just talking about. Like, this is like the love and light stuff. It's like meant to be like in the background. And I really feel like this is almost like scaffolding. For, like, this whole thing about, like, ESP and, like, mind-body and, like, you know, we can transcend and, like, become lobsters. Like, <laughs> ultimately, like, some, it's going to, like, you know, ultimately be, like, supportive of this in some way. Like, yeah. I like, it's a double-edged sword. Where, like, I, yeah. I swear to God, if they roll out, like, a fucking, like, a flying saucer lands on, like, the White House lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Logical. Well, it really, we it really blew everybody. my mind when I found out about, in, you know, our episode just came out with Alyssa uh, Mashub about the movie. When she dropped that factoid, which I had never heard about, like basically the Project Bluebeam that they wanted to do on Cuba, 
Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like they, but this it, is one real. that yeah. sounds like they're coming. Uh, he's making big claims about we're, having, we're you know, being, we're being blue beamed. We've been, we've been getting blue beamed hard. You know, it takes years for this stuff to percolate, but just think of like the consciousness shift that we experienced like around COVID and everything. And like all the, you know, I think like there's like, a, it's a garden of forking paths with the new age stuff. Like, you know, some of it, as I said, like just goes in directions where like it, compromises and like uh turns you know people who were like critical into like shit coat machines but mm -hmm. it also like is yeah like as you were saying before like the it's like the fucking worst like sam harris is one of those despicable people <laughs> like you know on the planet <laughs> like i mean maybe not the yeah well, it, you know it, it like, won't shock horrible. me if he ends like, up having to eat his own words about how all the reddit atheists will have to eat their words yeah well he already kind of has had to but like you know he's like so you know he obviously he's like a fucking uh huge uh like anti-muslim like ma bloodthirsty maniac as we all know as all those people mm -hmm. who came out of that reddit environment were you know but he's also like all about like transcendental meditation and like how you know we need to believe psychedelics isn't he all about psychedelics i think he is yeah and all of my dod yes, friends told me the ufos are real and it's like science oh. tells you to like plug your brain into the lobster like that's you know Plug your brain in the that, lobster. That's what I bet. Like, they're still God. working on. Yeah, just like, plug still yourself working into this on avatar and worship virtual Satan or whatever, you know. That's that's what science is all maybe about. Maybe like a lobster, they're trying to cook us slowly with <laughs> it. Like, this is the classic, like, they can't handle the truth, so let's cook them slow like a lobster and just, like, give them a drip of UFO disclosure until when they finally do reveal it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, we knew that. Like, you know. That does seem to be. Who the fuck knows? Like. Just normalizing it slowly is actually much safer than trying to like. Yeah, do and there may never be like a blue beam moment, but they want to like create that as like an option, like the dead man switch of like blue beam, <laughs> you know, like the uh, ultimate. It's happening. Just yeah. going on twenty four seven, where you think like, yeah, it's gonna be like twenty. Yeah, as like a fallback <sighs> yeah. situation, you know, kind of like the ultimate October surprise. <laughs> You know, yeah, it'll yeah, be like it'll always be lurking. Yeah. In 2024, if a Trump uh, is winning again, we'll see the UFO <laughs> land and say Trump is wrong. Uh, or yeah. like, what did that guy Dave Troy say? Uh, didn't didn't he say that the UFO disclosure was going to be all about like it was Putin's plot or something? And the U aliens were going to say like BRICS countries are better than NATO. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that, that was like a wild take on the blue beam right. theory. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll see what the aliens have everything. to say when uh, they appear. But we can be confirmed they'll either be like, you know, those sort of uh, wavy... Like, uh, they'll, they'll either be like those blow up men that you see at the gas station or they'll be like gin. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. They'll probably use their gin technology tell. to, um, create like a massive gin illusion and sigh up everyone. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As they want mm -hmm. to do. Okay. There um, was, oh yeah. Why don't we do, why don't should we, we, should we jump around to, to seven? Eight? Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, we can jump to eight because this is we'll a, do more. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. This is a this is a good one. After all the fast and loose talk we've had today, I think it's yours to read. <laughs> Although I do like this one down here asking, saying, "What are your thoughts on Jack Dorsey?" Since you guys talk about Twitter a fair amount, uh, wow, what a read! 
Uh, anyway, we'll get to that one later. I know that was a year uh, ago. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Still in progress. The crime is in progress. So yeah, we'll next time we'll get to it. All right. So Kansas Uber Alls asks, I guess this is yours to read, but whatever. Um, all right. 11, 08, 21. What conspiracy theories don't you believe in? I don't mean this in a sneering slash scoffing way. Accepting things like the uh, the cloying, the real 9-11 conspiracy was an Al-Qaeda conspiracy to fly jetliners into the WTC. Okay. Yeah. This okay. is a good question. Um, I'm psyched. I was psyched to get this one. You okay. Because it is good. For, you know, we usually talk about things that, like I said earlier, that we feel like there's good evidence for. And mm-hmm. I think uh, we have enough of a, uh, I guess, a contrarian streak to like enjoy calling out things that like serious people have said are open and shut but Mm -hmm. actually when you look at the evidence it uh, it was some something else going on so i wrote like a list of a few things i can think of i don't know do you have any off the top of your head uh well one that does come to mind is that like i've always been kind of like a a controlled demo skeptic when it comes to 9-11 Oh, um, yeah, I, right, right. I got dragged for that before, but this is, you know, this is the people are asking. So I'm Let kind of Nick skeptic. Kroll's dad off the hook. Well, like I said, I'm not letting him off the hook, but like I said, I think that building seven is like one of the best, like, you know, cases to be made, but I'm still like not fully persuaded. And I almost feel like the whole thing of like, oh, how convenient that you have people coming out here saying jet fuel can't melt steel beams. And like, it's like all a joke. And like, I don't know. But I don't want to say that because I don't want to like say that like, oh, if you believe in cold troll demo, like you're fucking rube or what well, chump. Like that's not necessarily true. Like I could easily be the chump here, but like I'm not an engineer, so it's hard for me to evaluate. And to me, I have felt generally again, building seven is a different situation. So maybe like, you know, there's something uh, more there. But I always did feel like it kind of like seems like those planes could knock down those buildings. I don't know. Like, I mean, you're I, I, you could you say like, oh, they fell into their silhouettes or whatever, but Anyway, so there you go. Drag me, drag me. Well, wait, I'll give you a little out. What about the idea that they were built by the Rockefeller brothers with certain structural deficiencies that (laughs) people in the know knew that if you crashed planes into them and started a big fire, that they would pancake? Um, Yes. I mean, I like uh, I definitely find the like 30 year plot, like uh, sacrificial chamber SK Bain theory to be like appealing in a way and i think that like whether or not that's actually true there's definitely some like spiritual or like uh like uh, allegorical truth to it Mm -hmm. as i've said many times again like it is like one of those things like kind of similar to like this you know the scientific aspect of like the moon landing where it's like do i really feel like when i look at the explanation of like a 9-11 like you know straight up believe you know official narrative believer and they explain how the towers can come down and then I look at someone who's like, they couldn't come down that way. I am incapable of saying which argument like is like correct. I can't evaluate because I don't feel okay. like I am grounded enough in like architectural or engineering knowledge to really make an appraisal. So you're not really saying you disbelieve it. You, you hard disbelieve, but that you do not technically believe in it. Well, like I said, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit that. of a skeptic and like my intuitive sense Yes. Is that like, I, I, I understand. I, it seems to me on an intuitive, like, that's the thing. Like what I don't like about control down is people are being like, oh, are you kidding me? Like you're telling me that those planes are down those buildings. Whereas like, I almost had the opposite thing where it's like, 
to me, it does seem like the planes could knock on the buildings and it seems to make like sense like on, you know, if you have someone who's like an engineer and they're explaining to me how like and they're saying like, no, they could not possibly have done so because jet fuel can't mess or whatever you want to say. Like and that's why they like, you know, a building couldn't do that. Then like I'm like, OK, like uh, I guess I believe you. But then like if you have another person who's like, I'm an expert engineer and I'm telling you that the planes could knock them down. Then I'm like, all right, well, I don't know which one of you guys to believe because I don't have like, you know, my I don't I'm like a bit like a uh, someone who is like an engineer is probably the last thing in the world that I would ever be. Like I'll probably be like whatever the hell Chomsky has his degree in before <laughs> like a linguist. Yeah. Before like a, like, although I feel like engineering is more practical. Like even though if I were bad at it, I might prefer to do that. Like where it's like, you know, like making up mm-hmm. some fake computer that can like speak any language, <laughs> like so shoot a missile at the Soviet Union or whatever. It's like, more, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, my point is that, yeah, I don't have like a grounding or background in engineering or like even I remember when we did the bridge test in uh, tech class in high school, like my like to create a suspension bridge to like a mini one mm-hmm. and a popsicle sticks to carry weight. Mine sucked. Mine was like the fucking <laughs> like twin towers that were built like purposely to fall down. <laughs> like so. Uh, it was yeah. A 30 minute plot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe that maybe that <laughs> maybe that does, exactly maybe that does speak in favor of controlled demo because like the worst fucking engineer ever to live is saying that it does seem to make sense that the planes could knock the buildings down but like to me like yeah at an intuitive level i'm seeing like these planes at these buildings like the top is like teetering you know like all this weight is like coming down so like yeah like on an intuitive level but again it's just intuitive it's just like there's many things like trump delay or like you know like uh, false impressions you can get where things seem to make sense but they don't actually and maybe it was all spectacle designed to appear like it could be plausible to rubes such as myself and really yeah so again that's where I stand. But again, I don't like, you know, I'm not a uh, hating on controlled demo, okay. you know, because yeah. I, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I guess the one thing that I will take a firm stance on is saying is that, although I guess maybe I could self-deprecating say, self-deprecatingly say that I have to, but I will say that, uh, it's not, uh, well, at least not to me. And I think to some others, because there are like people out there who are engineers who do remain convinced of the official story. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're all necessarily in on it. So I will say that I don't well, think it's, no, not yeah, in on it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's necessarily true that like common sense dictates that controlled demo is the only explanation. So that I will say is definitely that that'll take a firm stance. I don't think that common sense dictates that they must have been controlled demoed. Common sense could go maybe either way. My common sense leans towards they probably were, but I'm also I leave the door open. Well, there you go. Two different paradigms of common sense that are. Yeah, I just lean towards that because everything else about it, I know, was like a plot. So <laughs> the the grand finale of it happened. It was like an extra bonus surprise that they didn't. Uh, I and they, they collapsed the way every building that's ever been demoed collapses. And I know we don't have any other cases to really compare it to, like a full jetliner crashing well, into a building. And yeah, burning. not a full jetliner. Little planes. That's true. Uh, the, it's very rare, though, for a building yeah, one to of collapse, the which makes me think there was either something up with the building, either like from its inception or something was put in there, you know, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. But, I almost okay, would believe like, the latter more than the former. But wasn't there that building collapse like in Iran? Yes. We talked about this before, didn't we? The Pulasco high rise fire because build- it was a building that in, in uh, Iran that collapsed by fire. And it was kind of like, it, you know, it's kind of a comical, a somewhat comical twist. I mean, of course, it's a horrible tragedy. And like uh, people, I think, may have died. Yeah. Yes. Like uh, firefighters died and things like that. But there was like a little bit of a thing where 
there were people like reaching out like to like uh you know architects and engineers for 9-11 truth were, like reaching out to Hassan Rouhani who was president at the time trying to mm-hmm. say like you need to investigate this because it was probably controlled demolition because this building couldn't no. collapse just because of fire but that is one example but again you know maybe the architects and engineers in 9-11 truth are right and it was controlled demo for some reason I don't know but yeah, there is an example I mean, of a building collapsing from fire there's uh, also like something to be said for like the putting all the chips on like controlled demo being like the definitive thing of like whether or not 9-11 was an inside job itself kind of became a bit of like a distraction for people. Um, Whereas if you follow like the money trails and the people who was funding the hijackers, like who was taking meetings with, you know, the head of Pakistani intelligence on the morning of 9-11 and a month before, et cetera, et cetera. um, You know, a a very kind of obvious uh, picture of fuckery emerges you know, that it's yeah, like much that harder to debunk. Right. There's a difference. I think that like the, I don't know, I find to be more like compelling, like almost the, you know, and this is not to say that it's like, you know, the, the, uh, the, what was it called the formless maw or the shapeless maw or, yeah, you know, yeah. the, like a shapeless maw type, uh, rubric, but you know, the cybernetic understanding like of like the purpose of nine 11 is what it does. You know, I feel like that yeah. aspect of it is like much more compelling generally speaking. And I think that, yeah, there is like kind of a, I don't know, but yeah, again, I like, I don't want to, uh, come down like too hard on it because, I don't want to alienate our pro control demo constituency uh, too too heavily, which which is significant. Dimitri has Um, your back on this one. Uh, Although I think we can be aligned. I think that, yeah, I am more partial. It just seems to make more intuitive sense or like it, it seems like a little bit more uh, like, I don't know, like uh, elegant maybe to me, like, or like, like that it was like planned or built that way from the beginning, because like there's something I don't like about like the, the redundancy of crashing the planes and then having, so maybe, maybe it's a dramaturgical, uh, aspect of it, but like, there's something I don't like about crashing the planes and also like detonating a bunch of charges to make it collapse. Like as in terms of like, uh, economy of like conspiracy plot, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind our, our, our slight, uh, you know, like disagreements on this because I think it's a productive dialectic. Okay, yes. Then mm-hmm. it, it causes us to sort of reach All for right. like further new I'm glad exposure. it's like, not going to be a deal breaker. If you like were Alison McDowell, you would be like hanging up right yeah, now yeah, and like blocked. storming off um, and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's like if you were anti-direct energy weapon, like if yeah. you were no planer. Well, yeah, know, I was going to um, say like, yeah, or a no, no planer or something. Like there's... Like Michael Aquino ev- was. Yeah, every conspiracy theory basically has like that level of it though. Where, like, yeah, there's yeah. some version of it that's, like, you know... Like but you know what? I mean, You have to draw the line kind of, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You have to draw the line somewhere. And that's why it's critical paranoid. And we try to be critical paranoid. Yes. Um, instead of just paranoid. But, yeah. uh, but you know, okay. But that that's almost like... It, that I almost feel like, hey, maybe that's a little low-hanging fruit to take the wackiest, like, fringe case of yes, conspiracy. Yes, definitely. I, I, I thought of a few that I feel like I had written down actually moon landing undecided. <laughs> yeah, about okay, that. yeah. Um, but I think I have a, a a couple good ones. Actually, one is one is kind of like relevant to what happened because we're recording this on Monday, November twenty first, and um, there was just this you know horrific shooting at a gay nightclub in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs this weekend. 
um, where the grandson of a, like a MAGA California state assemblyman shot up this place. Wow. And, uh, and you know, as, as most shooters in the last, you know, X number of years have been, uh, was on the FBI's radar, had been arrested, charged with felonies for, I think somebody said holding somebody hostage or definitely making death threats and bomb threats, like in a very uh, outrageous manner. But then I guess his case, all the files in the case were sealed, all the charges were dropped, and he was somehow able to like buy a bunch of guns and then go do this crime. And I got, I think, yeah, this is Monday. So I got dragged a little bit for a tweet that I made. So I just maybe, it might be related to uh, the thing I'm going to throw out here. I mentioned that there was a little bit of eeriness or dracularity maybe, you could say, about the fact that this seems like this is another like young, white, disaffected, mentally unstable guy that, you know, uh, was probably motivated by, I think in this case, we we're waiting for more stuff to come out, but it seems like motivated by some kind of right wing ideology. Yeah. I right. Assume so. And a very unstable individual. And so I, you know, I just said like, there's a dracularity of the fact that it just so happens that this guy who was known to law enforcement, you know, chose as his target, a place called club Q, which, you know, normally it's just like, okay, whatever it's an, obviously it stands for queer, but like, in the age of QAnon, as we've talked about a lot recently, you know, this uh, this idea of, you know, people yeah, getting gassed like up on the internet. Yeah, it's almost like a lib tweet in a way where it's like, I mean, again, like, I don't remember exactly what you, but it's almost like, wow, like how poetic that like, you know, like indicting Q, like, you know, you know uh, it, naming like the complicity of, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it's very yeah, similar I, that I thought it was very similar to what a lot of people were saying. I was just specifically pointing out that one thing because it jumped out at me immediately. And, you know, we've looked into a lot of Q stuff so much. And we know that one of the trademarks of somebody who's like really gone on the Q thing mm -hmm. is their obsession with like numerology and synchronicity, like True. in a very kind of frenetic kind of way of like Q posted this at like, you know, November 22nd at 2.33 p.m. 2 plus 3 plus 3 equals this. And then on, you know, in post number 49755, if you had this up, yeah, like true. people, they're obsessed with like symbolism. It's a very prophetic, quasi-religious kind of online movement. And in fact, they probably are saying this was a false flag, like, or something like that. Oh, you know, yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think maybe some people interpreted what I was saying as saying somehow this is like a false flag in the sense of it was like fake or something. And maybe they implied from that. I generally don't know because a bunch of uh, like people who had blocked me were like quote tweeting me, <laughs> and with uh -huh. Elon's new feature, you can't see your own replies to your tweets. Uh -huh. But uh, it came to my attention that a lot of people were like, you know, fuck you, like how dare you, like you're disgusting. I can't believe I listen to your podcast. <laughs> I was generally kind of confused, like, wait, what did I say? And some other podcast, some other Reddit podcaster, uh, quote tweeted me, like to do a little dunk and said, you know, well. Like the reason he's homophobic and the Q stands for queer. Hope this helps. And nice. I'm like, okay, like as if I didn't know that. Like very odd, but I feel like I, I was thinking about it because nobody like actually tweeted at me like explaining what I had said that was so horrible. But I feel like maybe, maybe I sort of worded it in a vague kind of way that gave the impression that I was saying that 
because I invoke QAnon that like somehow this is a false flag. This was wasn't real or something right, like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So or a Democrat, I would put like a false flag plot. or a demo yeah. some kind yeah, of Democrat like op. Up. The Democrats yeah. are really behind when really this. like uh, honestly no, the surprising aspect of this is that like it has. I mean it's it's tragic. It's horrible. However, like it's surprising that like this hasn't like happened since like Pulse really that I can think of. Maybe I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm forgetting one, but. Like with all of the like scapegoating and like hatred being directed towards like gay people, like by a major like political tendency in the United States, like, you know, and since we constantly are having mass shootings, I mean, I think that's probably part of the reason why people are so raw. I mean, also just people like hate uh, you (laughs) and us, I guess, online. So like some people are probably reading it in bad faith. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, you know, like I also think people might be like raw in a way because like it's something where it's like a horrible thing that happened that like really, if you think about it, like ha- has been like this looming inevitability for a while that I think people sensed uh, and like people just kept irresponsibly kind of making these like sort of weird suggestions about like the existential danger of like, you know, gay people in general to like everyone's children or something. And, like Yeah, this yeah. has been escalating over the last kind of year or two. I mean... Case in point, the Manhattan Institute and people like Chris Rufo, you know, yeah. like part of that is like whipping up, you know, uh, like I guess maybe more a year or two ago it was more about CRT. And now, but yeah. really they've, they've aimed Well, then they their found lasers. the groomer thing. They mm-hmm. were stoked. They did. Yeah. Um, and so they, they've been banging that drum. That obviously has an overlap with QAnon's whole cosmology of the world where they're yes. satanic LGBT uh, sicko pedophiles that are doing terrible things. And uh, of course, I think we've always uh, drawn a clear distinction about, you know, the sort of pedophilic elites that we talk about and the way QAnon contextualizes it, um, which often goes down to literally like, yeah, like your local school board person is like a deep state pedophile or something. They're a groomer. And um and all the hysteria or, like, around like drag the only way to stop it is to like go vote for JD Vance and like if he doesn't win like kill everyone <laughs> like I don't know you know like shit like, yeah like obviously um yeah so I mean uh, yeah especially when you gas people or, up like, like kill this your own then, like, kids so they don't have to go to a Democrat school or like what it's like you know it's just like yeah um, we live in times right now where ob- I think. Even I was looking through like tweets that even the same tweet that I quote tweeted that got me blocked by a uh, Chad Loader. Um, <laughs> I already forgot what he does, but he has a lot of followers. Um, but like every other quote tweet was like, yeah, like that's why LGBT people need to start arming themselves and stop relying on the police like to fucking protect us because they're not doing their job. Or, oh, look at, of course, this guy must have been radicalized by some right wing MAGA fucking bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, like I like I'm in agreement with every one of these tweets, but mm-hmm. for some reason, because I like brought up Q or I don't know, people thought I was like blaming the target for being called Q, which is obviously ridiculous. Like I'm not doing that, but that, but I think I will say, you know, like to put at the top of my list of conspiracy theories, I don't believe in. I just want to like emphasize this clearly that when I talk about things like Gladio or, even the words false flag, which are super shit coded. I try not to say that too much, but something like that. Or if I start to, I'm asking questions about the motivations or the background or the influence of like somebody who commits an atrocity like this. I never mean that I I do not believe in the whole crisis actor thing with mass casualty events. 
Like, yeah. I do not believe... I don't believe in that, crisis actors either. False flags like a little that, bit like, you know, maybe... Well, false flags in the nebulous, sense of, like, a but, yeah. somebody claiming to be something goes and kills a bunch of people, and they dress... They, they you know, do something to make it seem like they're part of some group. Yeah. Um, but they're actually... They were gassed up by the FBI or something. Yes. Like, that. that's a false flag that those things Or happen. even when it comes, like, into the media, like, the interpretation of it. Like, you know, yeah. like, the way they're like, oh, they're a member of this. Yeah, I think that that can happen. Now, yeah, and the like, media often... Or whatever, I think that generally, like those people, leave these like elaborate manifestos that are like copy and pasted from Breivik and everything. That's not what I'm saying, but I think I'm more thinking about Muslims, honestly, and like when everything. Well, was yeah, exactly. Well, it's while. like, like uh, you know, some going crazy back guy to the last someone, It's like, oh, they're a member of this terrorist organization. They're being coordinated. Yeah. Like we need to get, you know. Well, yeah. just to go back to a, the the previous, the worst uh, massacre at a gay nightclub, the Polish shooting in 2016 in Orlando. Like I remember. Like, I think I said something to Glenn yes. Greenwald um, a few weeks back when he claimed uh, he was talking about some other mass shooting, I think, that that had happened and saying that, oh, well, sometimes, you know, there is a clear motive for, you know, a, a, a mass shooting attack or something like that. But other times there he was kind of pushing back on people saying, I think maybe it was the Paul Pelosi thing that, oh, this guy was like MAGA. And he's like, well, I don't know. He seems mentally ill to me. And besides, there are plenty of terrorist attacks that have a clear ideological motive, like the Pulse shooting. Yeah, like, right. Oh, hold okay. up. Hold up. Uh-huh. This guy had so much weird shit going on with him. It was completely incoherent. Uh-huh. And the fact that he like maybe posted something that was like, I am ISIS, like before he went and shot, everyone's like, he's an ISIS. Like, and they made yeah, it this exactly. whole thing about and how it, they he, made was it, a, he was. Yeah, like he like actually he was, was a radicalized being coordinated Muslim. by like Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, like on the phone or something. Yeah, like, like, like shit like yeah. that. Like, Meanwhile, and his dad is like an, a CIA, like Mujahideen guy who's like hanging out with congressmen and declaring himself the president of Afghanistan on his like Voice of America TV network that he runs out of Florida. Like, the, I mean, like, the, and he yeah. worked for G4S, which used to be whacking up. There's just all kinds of weird shit. And also, I think he was like closeted. So he's like on Grinder all the time. And it's just, it's it, like, there was a lot of weird shit. That's a very good case of like one that's like very messy. And yes. uh, he also made a bunch of fucked up comments to his coworkers. Like he was also on the radar of law enforcement and they kind of, you know, like whatever, you know, or somebody visited him and decided he wasn't a threat, like which happens a lot of the time. So I think that, um, but in this case, it seems like this guy probably was on that like right wing pipeline. I would almost guarantee that he was radicalized by things he encountered on the internet and probably had it reinforced, maybe his family as well. And, you know, Colorado Springs is a very evangelical, right-wing, Air Force, military kind of area. Colorado's had a lot of mass killings. So, um, so yeah, all he was pointing out is that it, it it's almost like, you know, that's the, uh, yeah. the sign and of the also, times that we're in. Didn't he also, like, that, just Google, like, downtown Orlando nightclubs, and then, like, he, you know, like, just chose Pulse at, like, the last second? And there was the whole thing with, I like... Forget. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was determined to be the case. Well, during his wife's trial, who was treated like absolute. Yeah, like when she probably didn't have any knowledge of this, you know, it like she was like totally like basically treated like a terrorist um, when like her husband was like a psycho and she probably was a victim of his. Wasn't that the mass shooting that caused it was either that or San Bernardino that caused Trump. In fact, this is funny. Complete shutdown of all Muslims until we figure out what the hell is going Um, on. I found an article titled, um, as the trial of Omar Mateen's wife begins, new evidence undermines beliefs about the Pulse massacre, including motive. 
The view that Mateen deliberately targeted the LGBT community is almost certainly false, yet it may play a large role in sending a potentially innocent woman to prison. Guess who wrote this article? Who? Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, it's on The Intercept. He what wrote it with Murtaza Hussein. Yeah. When? What year is this? Uh, 2018. Oh, my God. Well, see, back then he was still doing the intercept vibe of like, I'm going to stand up to the national security state yeah. and like tell them when they're going too far. But now he's on a different grift. So it just becomes. I guess like, he yeah, forgot that he wrote it. this article. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I yeah. remember that that reading about that trial and it's just like nothing added up. Like the the, the yeah, it was bizarre. And he went to a Hillary and it was Clinton in the heat rally of the afterwards. Stuff and like everyone wanted to believe, like you know, that there was like we had to, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think all okay, our good yeah, boys getting, had to go join the YPG anyway. Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that I just want to be clear. Like whenever I talk about that stuff or whenever I tweet about it, like I do not believe that like nobody got blown up at the Boston bombing. I do. I be, you know, I believe that twenty odd children died, were murdered at Sandy Hook, and also. I feel like it's important to emphasize when we're talking about like gladio type stuff and terrorism, like uh, embedded in all that is that I do not find it hard to believe or find it like too beyond the pale that whoever would orchestrate atrocities like this would actually kill people. Like in a weird way, the crisis actor thing is almost like more comforting in a bizarre way. Mm. It's like both more terrifying because it feels like we're living in the Truman Show. But on the other yeah. hand, it's like, oh, the government, well, at least they're not murdering anybody. It's like, no, like, they. there are cases where they've clearly gassed people up or, like, not stopped them when they could have stopped them. Yeah. And they go up murdering a bunch of people. And that never, like, that's really a, comes out. Yeah, that's almost a more extreme example of this kind of, like, redundancy or, like, over-convoluted, like, aspect of, like, some of these, like, ideas where it's like, yeah, like, why would they leave these people alive you know i wouldn't say like like never ever ever because like hypothetically one could put on a kind of production but if like, it were you know what i mean if but there like, were a situation where it were more convenient to pretend like if a bunch of people had already died in an unrelated way and you needed to like suggest they died in some other way and like hail to birds with one stone somehow like you know i don't know what the scenario would be I could see it, like, yeah, but I don't know of any examples on top of my head. There might actually be, like, examples out there. But generally speaking, like, yeah, like, it, you know, for instance, the idea that Sandy Hook was, like, this kind of, like, fake thing. Like, I never thought that that was, like, you know. Uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I so there you go. I kind of have, like, do have, I mean, I, I see, like, the possible negative potentialities of, like, you know, Alex Jones is someone who we can all agree is a piece of shit or most people can mm -hmm. agree is a piece of shit and like deserves what he got for saying something outrageous. But, you know, then this can be weaponized and like, you know, uh, more wedge cases or like against, you know, people like, you know, like uh, like us, you know, are going to be sued for a billion dollars or whatever. But, um, yeah. you know, for whatever. But I actually, you know, I like always thought that like his suggestion of that was like just outrageous and, and just like beyond like the offensiveness of it, like just stupid didn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think when when that, that started with Sandy Hook and really kicked off with the Boston bombing and the Boston bombing is one case where it's like that reeks to high heaven of having some kind of weird kind of forces behind it. Like with both of those guys, like having that like CIA connected uncle who married Graham Fuller's daughter to like the weird 
like murder that like or like Tamerlan like murdering his friend who were like dealing drugs with and shit and being visited by the FBI but they didn't do anything like mm-hmm. that that there was a lot of weird ass shit around that story but then when you get everybody talking about like zoom in on this person who got their leg yeah, blown well, off the they're actually an victim, Afghan yeah. veteran the, yeah. or like the idea or that the like same woman talks yeah. to CNN at every mass shooting like why yeah, would they do that they're reusing and, the same actors well they only have a limited pool of cre- of truly talented crisis actors you know like uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, that, that was ve- a huge distraction. Like, and then yeah. also because it's so insulting. If in fact people died, you're gonna to say yeah, like make a lot of enemies never existed. Like who died? You know, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think- look, look, I've I've even thought about like I've tried to entertain. Just like I've sat back and thought, like, okay, what would be required if like Sandy Hook was actually a hoax? And it's like you would have had to populate an entire town in Connecticut full of like fake people and then ship them off like to another country. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's totally ridiculous. Like all those adult parents, like they're all actors. Well then like, what the fuck are they going to, somebody's going to see them again one day. We have the internet now, like videos and images are forever. So it's just like, what do they do with their social security numbers? Like, how many hundreds and hundreds of people it's not an isolated town like there's a bunch of other little towns in connecticut so like people you know it's just like you people know people in newtown it's a real place so um no yeah no it's like probably not the not the way to run with it the other thing maybe we'll just throw in because it is it's somewhat timely and maybe it's uh worth saying is in general a conspiracy theory i don't believe is that uh the Jews run the world. <laughs> I don't believe I mean, like in any single group runs the entire yes. world. I would say we might yeah. as well throw in like the Vatican, Jesuits, British royals. Yes, like, any given no one single group, group. Not even yeah. the the high wasp silk toppers. Not like, yeah, not even the World Economic Forum entirely runs the world. Or like one secret society or one group. Also attached to that, uh, the one conspiracy theory I don't believe is that uh, Irish Catholics are the second most sus and powerful ethno-religious group in oh, America. Oh, the first being Jews. Uh, yes, like in that, uh, oh, which yeah, is I'm, a okay, charge that I know. was directly yeah, leveled to at our us. specific haters uh, who are calling well, us we out. We have well, conspiracy theories about us now. Yes, that's so, true. You which know, you know, which you know, turnabout is fair play, I guess. Um, yeah, but yeah. That, that was an interesting. I've seen a few people. I saw someone post. You know, a lot of times, like, you'll see, like, right-wing people post, like, a graph of, like, all of the heads of all media companies or, like, banks or something, and they all have, like, with Irish Star people. Davids on yeah. them. Or yeah, but it was, it like, blood was, like, every uh, bank, like, Irish flag, Irish flag, Irish flag. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, honestly, Well, though, but that's true, like, because a lot of those, like, that's the thing about Jews around the world, like, you know, uh, a lot of those anti-Semitic memes, like, they seem, like, again, like, when you omit information, they can appear very persuasive, but there's so much left out, and I think that that does... You can probably do that with Irish Catholics too, like because that's the thing. Like, no, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I don't even want to completely dismiss the idea that like there are there are currents of susness running through the sort of Irish American kind well, of. Well, yeah, uh, I think that probably the community like, in the American traditional history. like cultural association and like closest with the police is probably like a big red mm-hmm. flag. And by that same token, being, like, it a is corrupt, true. Like machine politician. By that same token, it is true as someone with a, you know, being a double spook by the like, you know, the criteria of I mean, I guess, you know, if you have to have haters, it might as well be like it's best that they be like anti-Semites like or but, you know, I feel like that's probably like it's a good hater to have. But anyway, by, you know, I'm a double spook by virtue of also being Jewish and all Jews, according to this uh, individual or spooks. But something that's annoyed me about the recent anti-Semitic flap is that 
you know, people being upset at the suggestion that there are like, you know, a lot of Jews in Hollywood. Like there are. Like it doesn't mean that they like control everything. As Dave Chappelle himself, the horrible anti-Semite uh, said, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they mm-hmm. like, are, you know, control of everything. Like perhaps like, yeah, they have like influence doesn't mean they're just like totally like organizing everything to pursue like specifically Jewish goals all the time. Uh, well, or look, that we there talked about like, it. Like we, yeah, we did. We did talk about it. We're not it. afraid. We, we yes. talked about it in the Walt Disney episode. We talked about it in Contra 7 about. Yes. The, and we're keeping like, track of when we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> specifically uh no uh, so that we don't reach the quota and get told to stop um no but yeah we've definitely gotten like remarks before i've noticed in our comments people being like you're not anti-semitic enough and uh yeah, yeah. sorry we will well, not we're not gonna be uh anti-semitic but uh you know we're not gonna also pretend that there aren't like a lot of jews in hollywood doesn't necessarily mean anything about a conspiracy that jews around the world but you know it's true no, they don't all know each yeah, other. Yeah, they don't it's all know each like, other. Not, yeah, exactly. The only time it's just that like, like how all, all Irish cops don't know each other. It's just like that was a that was a career path that, that happened to open up that they seized upon and you know became very like a, a cultural norm for them to kind of you know over the generations like kind of get into like you know if you're like a poor Irish person you know shitty as it is uh, becoming a cop which, you know, was kind of a booming business after, like, the Civil War in the Gilded Age. Like, yeah, I feel like they, like, the normalization of, like, police departments and things like that really exploded. And then, I mean, just with Jews got chased out of New York by Thomas Edison and his, like, wasp mafia that wanted, like, insane royalties every time you used his camera to, like, shoot something. (laughs) And they literally got as far away as they could from all of those people in New York out in LA and like that's how it started and then yeah sure some of them collaborated with Emily Bazelon's grandfather and the Pritzkers to steal all of uh, the Japanese real estate during internment <laughs> during World War II um, yes. but, but some not because specific, they were Jewish uh, not because they were Jewish yes you know? um, yeah. and yeah, a lot not of Italians did it too from the protocols of the elders of Zion or anything like that about the you know it's it's a it's kind of like a you know i like the one situation where you're going to find yourself like being persecuted by like a specifically jewish conspiracy as i think i said before is like if you start like saying that jews control the world and like being anti-semitic because then like if you're especially if you're kanye in kanye's position when you're a hollywood celebrity then everyone you know in your life who's jewish is gonna you're you're, you're gonna be like oh my god like you know i'm being conspired against but that's because like you've cut upon the one situation where everyone out of their own mutual interest simply in being Jewish is trying to either get you to stop or like to stop talking to you because like you have attacked them on that basis, you know? Well, exactly. Like, I mean, it'd be one thing. I think, you know, even MIB Lex Friedman had a good point with Kanye when he was like trying to sort of like get through to him. Uh, and, you know, Kanye like wouldn't <laughs> like, why do you keep saying Jewish people? Why do you keep saying Jewish people? And he's like, cause they're all Jewish. <laughs> like, okay, okay. But like, you know how that sounds, right? And he's uh, like, why don't you just say, I get that like there are people who happen to be Jewish uh, who in the music industry who you feel have done you wrong and fucked you over and been and are bad and like why don't you just name the record executives that like have fucked you over like name the actual people you don't have to just say like the Jews like fucked me over it's yeah. like cause it doesn't it doesn't follow that you know just because those guys just because I don't know Lior Cohen or somebody like that fucks you over that he's in contact with like every other Jew. It's like, all right, I got Kanye. Like I'm going to take him out, you know, and Haley Pasternak, Kanye, like maybe you should look more into like the sort of a MK like angle about 
you know, people with like sus military backgrounds handling celebrities when they get out of line in any variety of ways, you know, because it seems like maybe he's he's right to feel like there was something really sketchy and kind of dark. Yeah, I on, did find it to be quite the sketchy. Client, yeah. All the clients that Haley Pasternak had, like a lot of them have had like very troubled or like child actor kind of backgrounds. Um, so I think, you know, Lenin called anti-Semitism the socialism of fools for a reason. Yes. Because it like derails, like you're you're starting to go in the right direction of there's a very small minority of people that call most of the shots in our society and call them for their own benefit and their own aggrandizement. And it's like, okay, yes. And what is that class? What is that class called? And it's like, uh, this ethnic group. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, you, you fucked it up. No, nope. yeah. uh, it's think called that that's, like, you know, yeah. I mean, to keep in our with, world, it's the capitalist ruling class. That yes. Ultimately. And to keep like in the theme of like self crit, I think that the like it's similar to the genealogical, oh, that's like kind of the dark like road of the genealogical connections but really that is like subordinate to like class like relationships that like are valuable to like observe but then at the end of the day like also like it comes down to like what are the sus things people are doing such as like mm -hmm. you know committing war crime bragging about it or something like that you know that's like where you know so like when people are like yeah, oh you're jewish and that's like they're coming up with like well it's like all right but yeah, I didn't like pee on a dead body and like brag about it. Like I didn't call on a drone strike. I didn't like go join a you know militia. So kill like a U.S. Yeah. proxy militia to just to kill people because I had to uh, for some reason because it was the base thing to do. I don't know, but yeah, well, like yeah. Uh, what well, did I do? Like nothing. Uh, but yeah, being annoying on a podcast is probably the worst crime. Yeah, but well, yeah, you ultimately have to because you know even like you know. Otherwise, like people would cancel Angles because like his dad owned a factory, but Ooh. Angles was like pretty straight up about like. Well, where but I he think he actually is on also... that list. Uh, <laughs> so, oh no, uh, he oh, on that list. Yeah, he, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah okay, you know, he's on yeah. that. I mean, everybody's on that list, True. even if they don't have a file on them yet. Like literally everybody on the left, because it's you know triple parentheses, etc. Yeah, so we're all, which I guess you know, it's like if everybody's sus, nobody's sus. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of a wash, but whatever yeah. um but yeah right. no don't believe that uh jews run the world or irish catholics or um even the evil british royals though there are sus lords in all of those groups that do yeah. participate in running the world like yeah. irish catholics or, definitely yeah. included and i think as we've talked about quite openly on the podcast um we are curious about whatever like sus adjacencies uh the irish catholic our irish catholic forefathers yes. uh, got into in their american journey earlier on which we obviously do not share <laughs> but right. such as the such as the such as the state of things sometimes yeah. i gotta go right um, now conveniently i now need just as the, uh, oh, the situation yeah, yeah exactly okay. i, I suddenly away. have to leave cut it off. shut it down yeah right? shut it down yeah, yeah shut it stop down. it stop <laughs> it yeah like cut his mic cut his mic um <laughs> but uh all right everybody stay vigilant uh, uh, yeah uh, goodbye uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think in general, like, you know, when it gets to the, like, like the more simplistic it becomes, like, contrary to the common accusation level that, like, conspiracy theorists that, like, you just want everything to be simple and, like, understandable to your mind. Like, that is actually, like, usually, like, a bad sign if it's coming down to, like, oh, this single group controls the entire world. 
uh, or like is the like the one source of all our problems, even if they have other people working for them. Yeah, what well, was always or, the like, old like anti-Semite like, like they always have Gentile collaborators. Yeah, like, yeah, when you yeah, point right. out that somebody was like not Jewish. Like, I, well, yeah, I remember, I remember that a lot. Yeah. Yes, right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was David Duke was yelling at Alex Jones. Uh, oh yeah, I, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, right. Alex Jones. Uh, we forget like Oba. I guess to his like very mild credit was uh, pushing back on the JQ. <laughs> in his yes, weird like interview with david duke uh yes. years ago all right uh, yeah all right all right well we've reached the end here um but we'll be back um probably very soon with yeah. more fire questions so thanks again to the grotto for asking us things for your support for your steadfastness um yeah <laughs> No, but for real though, um, if anybody, we will kind of be cutting into these questions. So if uh, you do want to subscribe to the Subliminal Jihad Patreon, you will get access to the Grotto of Truth Discord. Good thing to have in, in case Twitter goes under, though it probably won't. It's chiller than mass. It'll slowly decay if, if anything. You have some time. But yeah. Still, but you have it, the lifeboat. Uh, the lifeboat of the Grotto of Truth is there. And uh, in that grotto, you can ask us questions, which uh, hopefully we will answer at great length within a year. Yeah. Um, maybe less. <laughs> but uh, until next time, dear listeners, stay vigilant. Peace.
Yeah.